0: with Matt Kolsky and Derek
1: Madden.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, it is Friday. It is Toy Department time. I'm Derek Madden. He's Matt Kolsky. How are you doing,
1: man? I'm pretty good. You know, there was something I wanted to say at the beginning of the podcast, just sort of a public service announcement. Um, When's the last time you made yourself a Grilled cheese sandwich uh, About two three weeks Ago yeah man I just I I haven't been making Enough grilled cheese for myself and Like a, a Week or two ago I was making one for The kids and I was like man I haven't Just made my own grilled cheese in Way too long just like I go real simple and, and Childlike with my grilled cheese just You know some buttered bread and some American cheese and it still hits, man. So, like, interesting. See, I
0: like to. I like my grilled cheese to be a bit of a canvas. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, you can go
1: fancy. I, like,
0: with the grilled cheese.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. Maybe you know, mixing a little Gruyere here and there. Like, I'm not opposed to a fancy grilled cheese, but I guess what I'm saying is, I it it is the uh, it's fatherhood that has reminded me of the the pure joy of the most simple grilled cheese you can make which is just like whatever breads in the house and some american cheese man it's just gets all oozy and man that's what i ate for lunch so i'm feeling I'm good just glad,
0: i'm just glad you made it with, with, with butter and not mayonnaise
1: that's no those people are creeps don't do yeah. that yeah what are, what are you doing mayonnaise people that's a general <laughs> that's statement we'll get mayonnaise. into that with top chef this week too yeah,
0: <laughs> we have some top chef to talk about. We have some challenge to talk about, but uh, I guess we're going to start with something that wasn't in the homework, but I feel compelled to talk about, uh, which was the game-changing episode of Succession this week.
1: Yes, sir. Who, boy? <laughs> um, I
0: feel like uh, I mean, obviously, spoiler alert. But I feel like at this point, you probably, if you're engaged in the show
1: at all, um. Well, I mean, it'll teach you don't fall a week behind
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah Look, if you're not engaged with the show at all And you think you may watch it someday, this is your point to get out But otherwise, you probably know uh, that Logan died Um, The king
1: is dead Long live the king So I'll start with, how surprised were you by this development? Shocked And they shot it in such a way that I found myself not even just like th- considering But assuming That this was some sort of ploy On Logan's part To like Just mess with his kids Like they didn't show him Actually Dying or dead Until it had been talked about For like 10 minutes
0: Yeah well it, I mean that was part of I thought what made it so great is crazy you, you don't really get his point of view at all
1: Not at yeah. all and, and until death. until they like got a shot of him lying on the ground which again was like well into the back and forth um so I was I I I couldn't believe he would die then to the point that I just assumed he hadn't mm-hmm. and when they finally showed him ah wow 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 what an episode <laughs> of television man and and the way it was handled the way they Like sat with the emotions Of the kids which Obviously were complicated The way the people on the Plane were trying to like everything About this episode was so well done And the acting was incredible I I just loved it Yeah I mean I was Less
0: surprised than you Um you know Knowing that they had planned to kill him originally In season one I think maybe even In episode one if I'm not mistaken Um and that, you know, the creators had said the show was called Succession, and that eventually they were going to have a succession. Sure, right? sure.
1: I just I, figured it would be I, later I, for he, some reason.
0: He was going to die this season. I like you. I thought it would be later. Right. But I, uh, but I wasn't shocked um, that they did it a little early because that's kind of show sure this is. You know what
1: I mean? Right. You're right. So. You're right. And and I would say, like, intellectually taking a step back, I that I agree. You're absolutely right, and and that's sort of how I see it as well. And and. Uh, Nice one, uh, Succession folks But in the moment There is something about that character Feeling invincible You know what I mean? And it's just like like, It's wins, right? They've said that on the show Exactly! That's his whole thing His entire life His whole personality is just win And Yeah, so it, it just It caught me totally off guard In the best possible way yeah, and like you said, I,
0: the thing that was so amazing to me about this episode is watching these characters react in a way that was so true to their character. You know what I mean? And like, and and they're like little flaws, and like when you see Roman like on the phone, like basically forcing himself to say yeah. he, you're a good dad, even though he didn't clearly he didn't mean it, and right? Like, also, at the same time, like then being kind of mad at himself for saying it, but yeah. like now it's out there, and what do I do? And then I, there was a, a scene not long after that where he is trying to say to Jerry that I I I could really use someone to comfort me right now that I yes. care about, and he just like can't really get the words out in any real human way. You know what I mean? Totally. Uh, That I thought was brilliant uh, acting And just also just very Roman Uh, You know Shiv's Reaction as well even Connor's reaction you know what I mean like all of them I think were who they were In that moment You know what I mean and um, you know Kendall affecting that um, like I need the best airplane doctor in the world right like he had some control at <laughs> the moment you know what I mean like, totally. just just the silliness uh, you know and helplessness in this situation like all sort of played right you know well um, and it's
1: it's you know the other thing about the situation they created is that they they made it very easy for each of the kids to blame themselves. Right, based on the why he's on that plane, the whole, the entire circumstances of this, so you can see they're playing with the emotion of like I put him on that plane, and also that he he's not nice to me, and he was not a good father. And by the way, if I'm not mistaken, the last thing thing he said to them, the group of them, although I guess he talked to Roman afterwards, but. The last thing he said to the three of them was I love you But you are not serious people Yeah I mean yeah the The conversation with Roman though right Like I mean he just
0: Destroys Roman really Without yeah. he's not even trying to Like he's just trying to do a work thing yeah. he, he has no idea the ramifications Of this but like <laughs> You know he's like Take her fucking out basically you know what I mean Yeah uh, Um, Great day for Jerry really Although, really, around,
1: Jerry's I mean, the winner here <laughs>
0: um, It's I am fascinated Now, and I don't think I've heard a lot of people Talk about this Because th- there really is a Setting of the chessboard now here, right? You know, because it's going to wow. be open Season in this power vacuum between These kids, and the Jerry, Frank, Carl um, And then, what's the assistant's name? Carrie? Is it Carrie? Yeah. It feels more
1: like a Royal Rumble than a game of chess, to be honest Yeah, that might be right. (laughs) Like, I don't know what the rules are There's certainly no organization of anything Like, it is chaos Because, I mean, this is truly happening And obviously, again, this is the situation they created And part of what made this so brilliant is Of all the times he could have died since this show started This is the worst time they yeah, don't about... know who the company Should be handed over to The kids are essentially at odds with him They don't even know if they should sell Or for how much You know, or the half of the company the they were... of, of buying another company, right? Like exactly, they... <laughs> like there are so many moving parts That, uh, you know, the name of the show Figuring out the, su- the succession here Is more complicated than ever
0: Yeah, I, and I can't wait I feel like it's going to be that Scene on the yacht you know what I mean Times a hundred for yeah. The remainder of this series which I, uh, Is a tremendous Thought to me just the it incredible is. mean Things that are going to be said
1: there. Oh my gosh <laughs>
0: It's giving me life Really yeah uh, so
1: many mean things And and yet you know one of the uh, One of the great moments Of this episode I thought was Connor and Willa at the end You yeah. know like of all the people in this thing i it almost feels like they have the best chance of carving out like a decent and reasonably happy life
0: well they seem like they're almost the most real with each other yes you know what i mean there's like certainly when you compare them to like tom and shiv you yeah, know what there's I mean? no pretense yeah you know they could say what they need to say to each other i think and it's weird if you think about it right because i think you know, him cuddling her up in bed at the end of the previous episode was probably the most sort of tender, you know, tender way you could put a coat on that last episode. You know, yeah. Um. So it's been a couple of moments in a row for them as well. I I also thought it was interesting. Like, if you go back to that weird speech that Roman kind of gave to his quote unquote best pal at yeah. at the diner. Yeah. You know, when he was talking about, like, what is a man and how does the market view a man and the market views me as a 100 feet tall. and These people are pygmies. Um, you know, there's a scene in this episode where, like, Roman looks down at his phone and he sees the uh, the uh, Waystar Royco, like, price cratering and he goes, there's dad. You know yeah. what I mean? It was like, you're right. That was the market judging the 100-foot tall man, like, That's falling it. down. You yeah. Know? Um, and that's essentially what his life was reduced to right like that's that's his kind of his impact it was 100% uh, yeah
1: like know, the way the market viewed him and this gob of money that he's
0: going to leave behind for people to fight
1: over right and and the fact that those none of those people were people he really respected even if he had a certain familial love for them he does not respect these people
0: yeah i mean he's essentially going out you know missing his son's His his eldest son's wedding You know yeah. <laughs> Oh uh, we sent him a thing <laughs> We got him a What do we what do we get him <laughs> It's classic Yeah uh, You know obviously the show Is going to miss Brian Cox um, sure. You know uh,
1: because how could you not? But don't worry, he's doing Logan Roy impressions in like six different commercials right now. So yeah, exactly. We won't miss Brian. <laughs>
0: He'll be around. I'm sorry
1: that it's over, and yet I'm completely glad uh, that it's over. You know what I mean? Totally. And and like, I'm glad that there is a nice long runway for the 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 after effects. Yeah,
0: yeah. I just it's. It's such a joy to have this show that continues to thrill in ways that you don't necessarily see coming
1: 100% Let me ask you this You see another death before this thing ends
0: (sighs) I wouldn't rule it out, but no I wouldn't say that I see necessarily another death
1: Yeah, I Uh mean, I think I'm in the same boat But that's why I asked It's like, I just feel like, who knows I can't rule it out at this point I'm very curious to see
0: how this election ends up you
1: know what I mean um, Well I mean I think we know how it's going to end up Vis-a-vis Connor <laughs> but, Yeah I mean I don't think Connor winning Is in any of the
0: scenarios. <laughs> <no.
1: laughs> yeah we're looking at that potentially Eroding You mean from 1% Because that's the lowest number <laughs> <laughs> Well there's decimals <laughs> Oh man really decimals. It really is This show is thriving and it's it's An absolute joy to watch
0: Yeah yeah, it is. Um, all right. Um, should we, you want to move on to, you want to do more culture or should we move on to uh, Top Chef of the Challenge? Well,
1: now that we're in culture, we might as well blast through it. Uh, all right. Um... Let's start with the Dilla documentary because um, I, this isn't, it's not for me. Uh, the, the, this was not for me um, because I already not only know everything we saw in this episode but have a much more detailed understanding of everything we saw in this episode because i just read a 400 page book about the guy um but so it's one it's one of these things for me where like it was i remember having the feeling when i watched uh one or two of the harry potter films of like Well, that was fun to see the stuff I read on the screen, but if I hadn't read it, I just don't. It's hard for me to understand how I would have experienced it because so much was missing. Um, So I'm really just kind of curious on how you experienced it because my hope, and it's just hard for me to tell, but my hope would be that for someone who is like aware of Jay Dilla but not that intimately uh, obsessed with him, that this would have been reasonably informative and interesting
0: yeah I mean, I um like certainly it, it, like an enjoyable enough watch, like it's not like I had a bad time watching it. Uh, and I did learn some things that I think um, are, are are really obvious to you. like i I mean, I knew who Jay Dilla was, and I knew that he was influential and I knew that he was good, and I am, I've listened to Donuts many times. Right. I didn't quite understand the scale of his influence. And yeah. um uh some there were definitely songs that I know and love that I did not realize he had worked on, and so um hearing some of those, that was illuminating. I felt like as a documentary, it really lacked some and some of this obviously the challenge of talking to someone who was dead and didn't was yeah. barely talked about when he was alive. But I just felt like it was missing a lot of first handedness. Yep, you know.
1: Well, uh, I thought the thing it suffered from the most, and I was super, super, super disappointed, was that there was no current interview with Q Tip, and I don't know why. Um, I know he has spoken to some people. Uh, I, I'm fairly certain he spoke to the author of this book I just read. Which, by the way, if you if you did watch the documentary and are interested in more, um, it's called Dilla Time: The Life and Afterlife of Jay Dilla, the hip hop producer who. Um reinvented rhythm it's a spectacular book, just i mean beyond my obsessive interest in this particular hip hop producer, it is a remarkably well crafted biography, so I would strongly recommend it but um I'm fairly certain he talked to q tip like i i'm I'll be shocked if Questlove doesn't have q tip involved with the documentary he's making um he was sorely missing. From this,
0: it's it's a glaring omission. And honestly, they they have some common stuff in there, but I I couldn't tell if that was. It seemed like it might have been secondhand and not necessarily shot for the documentary. It was
1: not great quality, but I think it was firsthand because it seemed. Or it it was certainly taken from an interview that was specifically about Jay Dilla and addressing specific things in Jay Dilla's life. So I I think the common part I would have loved more from Common. But uh, he didn't feel absent the way Q Tip did. I wanted to hear from D'Angelo. I wanted to hear yeah. from people who were like the, anyone involved
0: in the Uma. I wanted to in hear the from the Uma
1: in the Solquarians. Erica Badu uh, is an is an intimate part of Dilla's story that is not reflected at all in this documentary. Um, and and it, look, it's great they got Frank Knit He's he is one of the closest people and certainly someone who knew the guy for the longest. Um, and he was, he was great. Like the, I thought Frank was awesome in this documentary. It was really telling about the, the, the human being in addition to the, the artist and, and, you know, sort of the public persona of Jay Dilla. But yeah, they did not get major artists who were very important. And, and frankly, like Q-tip is the one, to really elucidate the level of that early influence because Q-Tip is the guy who you know effectively found Dilla outside of the Detroit community and the guy who was the first major artist to realize that this person is special in doing something that no one else is doing or even is capable of yeah. um, and and so yeah I that that was glaring and frustrating <laughs> Um, but also Q-tip is mercurial And I don't know that they were On the best terms when Dilla died So I don't know what that Like there are any number of reasons We could speculate on To why He didn't show up And I you know I wish he had But I also even just wish we knew why he he didn't Yeah You know and there's just a lot of
0: You're, you're leaning a lot on this interview With some random Dutch journalist You know what I
1: mean which is that's that's all there is, I guess, right? It, so maybe didn't have a choice. Well, it's what it weird. is,
0: it, it, it's like it the kind it, of thing, you
1: know? Yeah, I mean that that interview. So to give a little more context, that interview, I don't know if he's Dutch or he's one of those. Uh, he's like a, you know, either he's Nordic in some way, right? Nordic. Well, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Um he, that is that tour that they talked about where. Everyone was like, oh, my God, I didn't know he was so sick. And he specifically went and saw this guy, Matt Sniskeller, who he had corresponded with. There's a whole – the documentary also really didn't cover Dilla's relationship with European music and with people in Europe because before he was a big deal in the States, there were, like, small music communities in Europe and in London in particular and in – One of those Nordic places Or a couple of them Where there were huge Like obsessive Jay Dilla people And one of them was this guy Mats Sniskeller. So he wasn't just a random journalist He was actually a Like musician slash radio slash podcast guy That Dilla specifically chose To do this I'm gonna sit down And you ask me whatever you want to ask me For basically the first and ultimately only time In his life So and I didn't think they explained that very well So that I understood why they were using that interview for everything But uh, it wasn't particularly clear um, So, like, again It's just such a complicated life And also legacy And also, like, literal estate drama That there was too much to cover In a one-hour television doc And yeah. as a result It felt like a survey That I think, you know Had some clear... Omissions, even if you didn't know things, and knowing things, I could just see a lot of stuff that either you know they someone said we don't have time, or it ultimately hit the cutting room floor because they had to get it under an hour.
0: Yeah, well, I would I would be interested in checking out uh, some other projects if they're in the works because I do feel like. There is a kind of insane story Here that could maybe just Be told a little bit more fully
1: It's insane and the book really is Excellent uh, again it's called Dillatime. It's by a guy named Dan Charnas Who who wrote another he wrote the Big Payback which was a big music industry Book um, And it like I just I can't say enough good things about it and I'm not A big nonfiction reader I, I really don't enjoy reading Nonfiction for the most part but this is so well done. It, it weaves a narrative about Dilla into the city of Detroit and then also into the, the like, the essence of rhythm and where it comes from and how he changed it and all the stuff that they sort of gloss over with how he basically was using the technology in ways no one else ever thought of, including the people who invented the technology. like that he, it's there's so much more about that that really yeah. elucidates what made him so unique and special
0: i want a little bit more of that with sound you know they they yep. did some of that there was a couple of uh, you know where they showed how he was using the james brown samples to kind I'm of i'm
1: telling you literally this book th- the way it reads you can go to itunes and play things as you're reading it and totally understand what he was doing it's yeah. it's it it really is an unbelievable book that's up, uh, you know, and or even like
0: even that one story from Busta Rhymes where he was talking yep. about how he made the you know he made the track and then had to rap to the rhythm of the track, um, yeah. I just wanted more of that. Um, I'm more curious, you know, knowing that you're not particularly a fan of where you where you landed on the Jason uh, Isbell uh, doc. You you did text me to go. If I had known it was this long, uh, I probably wouldn't have agreed to it. And I will say, it was longer than I expected, and maybe a little bit longer than it needed to be. Um, but I still enjoyed it. And what, what about you?
1: Well, in the end, I I was not so upset about the runtime. Um, although you're right, I mean, there certainly there were things you could have cut and lost nothing. But but because of the style of the film, which was I mean certainly a documentary about Jason Isbell don't get me wrong but also like a kind of meditative piece on art and creativity and uh partnership and all these things it was much more about a man with a life who happens to be a spectacular songwriter I mean at least that's what people say as opposed to like the details of the well, life I of think Jason Isbell it's
0: What'd you say? Uh, I think he's a spectacular songwriter by the way And I'm not you know I'm quite not a country person
1: Yeah um, I, I'm not saying he's not th- I didn't mean that dismissively so much As like I literally have listened yeah. to like three of his songs in my life So I don't care Um well,
0: I, a lot more than three. This thing, right? Did you gain any appreciation just for the music side of it, it while well, you were, you know, kind of watching for spending an hour? I don't like country go? music.
1: I the the drive-by truckers I can kind of dig on a little bit because they're more of like a southern rock. Like when you and and look, Isbell and Sturgill Simpson, like those are guys I can listen to, but I just can't really get into it. Um, I, I respect him. I I respect what he's doing, and I will say there is it's not the artistry to me but there is a bravery in the level of openness he has pursued in his songwriting that I have a lot of respect for um, did he the, these songs are extremely personal and not a lot of metaphors you know like it's it's very much a document of his real life in a very literal way and yep. And that is both brave and I think also like you know you're exposing a raw nerve to the world it's it's uh it is inevitably painful so and obviously, his wife's there writing it with uh, with him, and uh, like there's a lot going on here emotionally, I guess is what I'm saying, and that was what kept me interested in this this yeah film, which like I, I thought was good. I thought it was a documentary,
0: ostensibly that's you know about a solo artist, in which right. the hero of it is really his, uh, you know, Amanda's the hero of this, right? <laughs> like, yeah, a hundred
1: percent. And so. and uh, and honestly, like, there's a little bit of like their their the, their relationship and the fact that it endures is the hero of this. Like, there's a, a little bit of like you know relationship goals, not the part. Where they're fighting, and he is, uh, you know, a potentially dangerous alcoholic, but the the fact that that by being open with each other and working with each other and loving each other, they seem to find an equilibrium. It is it is inspiring in some ways. Um, I and and I think maybe more than anything, like this is a documentary that obviously you know compared to the Dilla. Doc uh, benefits greatly from having Its principal focus uh, Available and Open and honest And just It's a, you get a full emo- Emotional picture of a Complicated person And I think yep. that's kind of cool in any context
0: Yeah 100% Um 100% uh, So I, I really uh, enjoyed Watching this
1: Um And I have uh, to tell you like The very first thing you see on screen in this documentary is the filmmaker who does not then appear again And he's like, yeah, I mean, I just thought he was a really good songwriter So I wanted to sit down and, like, get a glimpse of his songwriting process And then, boom, the movie starts And I was like, oh, God, a hundred minutes of that? I don't think I'm going (laughs) to handle this very well And I sent you an angry text And then a hundred minutes later, I I was quite pleased
0: Yeah, and I don't. I mean, I think that's largely what he did, right? Like, you definitely get a sense of who this person was and why he writes the songs that he writes. Yes, and and,
1: and but it was so much more interesting than that. Like two sentences made it seem, right? I mean, that's that. That was, and that I think is really just a credit to a filmmaker who had an idea that sounded very simple, but but turned out to be very complex, and he navigated it very well. Yeah, well, and
0: I, you know, obviously, the pandemic poses this sort of challenge for the band that's sort of in the middle of this, but I imagine also through a lot of uh, unplanned wrenches within the making of this movie,
1: right? Clearly, so. and I think it dramatically affected both the, both Jason Isbell and Jason Isbell's marriage, which became the two main focuses of the film, so, yeah. like, it, it, it was a... I, you know you could see that as sort of an Apocalyptic thing in the wrong hands But it really in a way kind of Brought the whole thing together What did he say break up there are a lot of breakups and breakthroughs Yeah breakups or breakthroughs Yeah, <laughs> yeah well and that's yeah. the other thing Like I I I just You have to have a lot of respect for A person who Is self-aware and willing to Self-examine and and Admit their flaws and Where they messed up and work to be better and I don't know. I I I found him endearing as a human being.
0: Yeah, for sure. That you know his his mom I think it was in the beginning talks about how he's like a you know, fat kid with a big heart basically, you know, and um Yeah. uh you see that through his whole life like he you know, he has his problems, he yeah. clearly has his demons, um but that heart generally is there even when he's being an asshole, you yes. know what I mean?
1: Yes. So. Well and, and when he is being an asshole, it usually feels in service of something that he sees as important in ways that are not assholy, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting cat. Interesting cat. And, interesting and, cat, interesting. yeah. Yeah. So um I was I was I was glad we watched that one. Agreed. You wanna talk about is it it's tiny little things, right? Tiny that, beautiful things. Tiny beautiful things. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I only watched one of these, so I'm, I'm imagining you watched more. Um,
1: yeah, I think I ended up watching uh, four or five of them. Uh, I feel like me calling it, and you know, and, and look, I
0: only I watched one, which means I only watched the pilot. So me, you know, maybe the show grows in ways I'm, um, I, you know, I haven't been able to see yet. But like, I feel like <laughs> me never remembering the name of this. Um, is indicative of like just the feeling that while I'm excited about the, a lot of the parts here, you know, you got Mara Reaver running around, um, yeah. uh, who I'm sure is going to be great. Um, y- y- you know, obviously we love Catherine on in everything. Yeah. I just feel like I've seen this show before,
1: you know, um, I'm going to tell you that you haven't, and that it really comes together a lot. Um, This is one where I might have said to you, like, if you were choosing between a second episode of Beef and a second episode of this to do this, because not not that there's anything wrong with Beef, we'll get to that in a second, but... um, there's a lot of coming together In the second and third episodes Of Tiny Beautiful Things um, I don't think the first episode You even get to the part Where she's writing the advice column, right?
0: Uh, I th- yeah, I think by the end, very end I think she's starting to or... She
1: agrees to it anyway?
0: Yeah, she's agreeing to it
1: Yeah, I mean th- yeah, the, the whole show as it moves on Is about her relationships with her mother and daughter and how sort of receiving and attempting to comment on the problems of other people helps her understand her own life kind of. Um, And I just think it's actually, it's, it's a really for a, you know, 30 minute sort of ostensibly comedy type of thing. It's just really thoughtful and, and, Emotionally resonant Like I don't know if this is going to be the greatest show Or anything but Catherine Hahn really is spectacular um, The husband I know from somewhere And I can't pin it down and I haven't looked it up yet But but he's very good as well um, And then like I Yeah I don't know if it's just the Catherine Hahn Thing but I just think she's so good at At conveying like a struggle <laughs> hmm. You know while also being Funny and Charismatic and I i don't know I, I just really buy her In this type of role and in that yeah, way I mean, I've seen her be a charismatic mess Right we have really? seen her Do that before but the way This show sort of explores Her relationship with her mother and then With her daughter I don't know I just think it's interesting And I haven't finished it Or anything yet Like I don't know Where it's gonna go exactly But there. I think there's a lot more To it And it comes It like f- The pieces start to fit together A little better In the next couple episodes
0: Okay Alright Um You know I will continue to Uh Check in on it. Although it's getting hard, man. You know, you so between, much. <laughs> between the homework and life and moving, like to co- just come back to some of these shows to, to get them all completed. Is, uh... Some of
1: these are just going to have to wait till like uh, mid June when the, the finals is over. Yeah,
0: yeah, because it, it keeps coming. All right, so that leaves us with beef. Um, it's which... what's for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I I I did watch two of these and I there was a pretty large gap in time uh between the two just because the pilot made me really like it wasn't bad like I enjoyed it I thought it was engrossing but it also just made me really intense and uncomfortable and I need I just kind of needed some time before I was ready to jump back in and watch these two like you know be really nasty to each other uh, yeah. In the midst of all of that And I and I, I do think that is A credit to the Filmmaking right yes. and the, well, and the mo- acting Yeah and the acting as well Yeah of course but um, I, I think there's A lot happening here and a lot a, a lot that's being thought about That I'm not always necessarily Seeing right on the surface That I think leads to that kind of Tension if that makes sense
1: I just that you uh, Yeah, I mean, you basically took the words right out of my mouth Like, this show puts a knot in your stomach um, In a way that I think it's absolutely trying to do You know, like, it is It's visceral Because It's really about impotent fury, right? I mean, that's what we're watching We're watching impotent fury And then The desperate ways In which these two frustrated people Begin to express that impotent fury And like who amongst us, right? Like who has not felt that burning anger that you just know there is like no productive thing to do with Yeah, well I for one have not masturbated with the
0: handgun in my hand
1: I haven't done that, I also haven't pissed on a virtual stranger's floor But um, (laughs) I get it (laughs) It's true <laughs> like you can't tell me you haven't had a traffic interaction that made you want to piss on that person's floor, you know? Like, and and I, really, at the very least, had the thought of
0: what if I follow this guy and send him a little message?
1: A hundred percent. Every I feel like everyone has felt like that, and the, the like the answer to that "what if" is almost always like nothing good. Don't do that. No. But but but. That's, I mean, that's why I think the road rage traffic incident is the best starting point for what they're doing here is just, like, everyone has been furious at a total stranger on the road and, like, fantasized about what ought to happen, and it never does. It, it's not the, ever the right thing to do. Like, within seconds of these two people... Interacting, it's clear that both of them have done and will continue to do the wrong thing, right? Like nobody is is a good guy here. There are no good guys in this story. Yeah, I mean, no one has
0: no one has bad intentions, and yet no one is good either. You know right. what I
1: mean? And that's like, I think that 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 in a way describes so much of human interaction. Um, so I I'm kind of fascinated by it, but it is. A very intense experience Yeah It is and
0: there is even though the show Like it's a you know half hour essentially Right like it's just a it's a really in, Just intense time
1: I, Oh and, and it's funny too like there Are funny moments but it's it's all Under the the like veil Of this like Again just this fury <laughs> They're just they're upset People
0: Yep. Uh, the writing is really great too Yes yeah um, so I'm uh I'm I'm ready to see where this sort of develops for sure. And
1: it also feels like a very I mean Ali Wonks kind of doing her thing, but it feels like a very different sort of role for Steven Yuan. Yeah, although I think he's been trying to stretch lately. Seems like. Yeah, I mean I think he's really good and and he's getting lots of great opportunities, but it's still or Yoon I don't know how you say his last name, but he he's he's great and this is a this is sort of a new side of him for for us.
0: Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Um, pro beef. All right. <laughs> I mean, overall, I feel like this was a, a really good week. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I liked uh, um, Tiny Beautiful Things. Yeah. Uh, uh, a little less than you did, but again, I, I that's maybe more of an incomplete grade for me than like a B or something, you know what I mean? Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. This yeah. was all, all pretty good entertainment, and we haven't even gotten to uh, a couple of, I think, very good episodes of television that we're about to talk about. Yeah, so I mean, I I feel
0: like a, a pretty pretty momentous elimination, um, on this week's challenge as we yes, lost uh, Team
1: Bustine. Um, uh, she does not like that. No, no, she <laughs> does not. She does not like that. that. Was an incredible and and you know if we were doing the uh, like your favorite Top Chef elimination metric, we should have known because. Bananas and Justine were getting a lot of airtime in this episode Yeah, yeah. Bustine, by the way, was my line of the week Um, (laughs) That um was incredible, but also (laughs) Bananas hiding in the closet And when he popped out and Tori was like, oh my god, your partner's in the closet And Justine just said, I don't claim him (laughs) Yeah
0: Yeah I really, I honestly thought there was like a little bit of chemistry developing there between the the two of them.
1: Um, I mean, if you're saying like relationship chemistry, I don't know about that, but they definitely were a good team, and they definitely were like understanding each other, and and they looked like a threat, man. And frankly, let's just talk about the elimination first here because I clocked it immediately. Immediately The minute they put that Argentinian sun barrel up there I was like, that's not right There's no way that flag has a frown on it Oh, good for you Yeah, I did not I was not there on that Like, why would a flag be frowning? That makes no fucking sense No, you're right about that I just didn't even notice the lips on the thing You know what I mean? Yeah, but but even just the, like I don't know. The people are up there screaming, like, attention to detail. Because Jordan started to put that barrel in, and Tori just yelled, attention to detail. And he was like, hmm. I couldn't believe they didn't figure it out. Because it seemed like they had that thing won by a solid couple minutes if they just had realized what their mistake was.
0: Yeah, I think that's true, but it also... Once they made that mistake it didn't look like They were anywhere close to figuring it out Like no, like I know that, that, that uh, Jordan and Kaz Were pretty close to done then But I think if they hadn't have been They still would have won if that makes sense
1: Yeah maybe Yeah they they were not figuring it out And, and they really seemed Crushed when they realized That the whole platform knew And nobody said anything
0: Yeah well it seemed pretty clear that Um Several people were rooting against them But yeah, that makes sense yeah. That's how they got voted in there You would have thought there were Would have been a couple from Team USA That might
1: have helped them out You know what I mean
0: Yeah, although I, mean, I guess Tory wasn't going to be doing that But somebody else could have
1: Right, maybe Danny and Sarah didn't realize But I don't know um... But that, I mean, that. look, that is what, what Team USA is
0: And, you know, like For whatever reason Team U, you know, Team USA, and I guess, you know, we've talked about whether or not these teams actually mean anything. They don't. Um, but, um, you know, Team USA has allowed itself to be picked apart. You know, like there's there's clearly no reason athletically that the, they couldn't have just controlled this game from the start if they had stuck together. But they all hate each other and can't
1: trust each other at all. So here right. we are. Well, that's why the whole thing is stupid. That's why the whole team thing is stupid. You're you're trying to force an alliance with people you don't get along with because they're wearing the same color shirt. What there's are no, you doing? Yet there's no reason that team
0: right like they don't team USA didn't hate each other. Those people all worked together in the previous challenge. In the, the previous problem chal- for me that
1: is that Casey and Johnny knew that. Sarah and Danny were being ridiculous And they should have moved on two weeks ago And aligned with other people to get Especially Sarah, who's partnered with Theo Which is a guy that, like, I love Theo But none of them have relationships with Theo That they wouldn't want to throw him in So, Sarah should have been eliminated by now And that's, to me, that's on... Johnny and Casey and Frankly Tori as well Like the,
0: I, I guess but do we think people just we Like we just want Sarah out of the game because we don't want her On our TV
1: show anymore right Well but clearly She's, people, not, she's not really a threat I don't think Well she's Physically talented And she's Wreaking havoc in, in <laughs> With their alliances
0: Like <laughs> With their with their alliances, I guess. I'm just trying to like I'm trying to see like is she. Um...
1: I mean Theo is and Sarah is a team that any... could absolutely win. Have they won any challenges? I can't remember. I, I can't remember if they've won any challenges, but like they're clearly high level physical competitors. Like they could win any challenge. It wouldn't be surprising if they won a challenge. Let's see. Sarah's been safe in every episode, but
0: has not. Uh, yeah, no, has has no wins. They have no wins.
1: And her her entire messy strategy is based on this concept of Team USA, which doesn't exist. I can't Wait. tell you how much time watching this season I have spent yelling at the TV. There are no teams. Well, it's Team USA, but also MVPs,
0: right? She thinks the MVPs need to start getting some of these veterans out of the strong veterans out of the game. That's oh, her. But whole all thing, this
1: stuff right? is stupid. Those are not the teams. Your team is Theo. That's it. He's your only team. (laughs) And everything else should be strategic, not based on the The t-shirt color. Speaking of which, she does not seem to care at all what Theo thinks about any of this. No regard for Theo. (laughs) Theo is the one dude she gives zero fucks about for some reason. I do not get, I don't get what she's doing. And I guess what's frustrating to me is that she has not been. She has she has suffered no repercussions for being a messy dickhead. I don't get it.
0: <laughs> right. Well,
1: she's playing the game her way. Not I much, guess that's, so.
0: That much, much we're getting.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. Um, a, a couple of notes from the actual. Is she is she your least favorite challenger? I feel like we may be getting to that status. Currently, she, definitely of all time? I don't know, I'd have to think about it. Okay. Okay. That's that's fair. There's some there's uh, some bad seeds over the course of the yeah. challenge. But yeah. uh I but mean, yeah. Leteral last year
0: was pretty uh was was pretty rough.
1: She's very unpleasant.
0: <laughs> um I thought the uh the Theo and Kaz moments were were kind of sweet.
1: Yeah, that was nice. Good for them. Um I uh, I, I I thought though the, the best moment involving Kaz this week was my line of the week. Um the Bustine was a good one. But mine was uh <laughs> the when jo- Jordan's locked up and Kaz is trying to do math and she goes What's seven times six? And he's and in in live action he's like forty two and yeah. then they cut to an ITM and he goes What's seven times six? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, buddy, you are in some trouble.
0: <laughs> Good luck motivating your way out of this one. <laughs> Seriously.
1: Oh, man. I, 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 And I also just like, why is Danny so scared of Jordan? yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, look, uh, look,
0: don't get me wrong. We have uh, many times uh, sung the praises of Jordan as a contestant and a competitor and a legend of this show. So you know, obviously, I understand those sort of reasons of it, but you're right. It feels a little bit disproportionate given the general quality of the legends in this game, right. You know what Anyone... I mean? Dar- Darrell's
1: resume isn't that different from Jordan's, you exactly. know what I'm saying. Anybody still there, with the possible exception of Kellyanne and Tristan, is going to be a threat in a final. And depending on exactly what's involved in that final. Like, if the final has a ton of swimming, Emily is going to be a lot better than Jordan. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's just the degree to which he is. Especially because Jordan is a natural ally for him. Right? So, he is. Eschewing a natural ally Alienating his partner And generally not helping himself In the game all because of this Insane Fear that well if in a Final it's like it's like he thinks he has No ch- everyone else no problem But uh, I can't possibly beat Jordan In a final that, it's weird that part, well, that part is a little bit
0: weird right because Exactly like he should be psyched that there Is this legend guy who's not going to say His name right you know what I mean? Like that should be a good thing I don't Uh, You're right, that part of it is uh, A little bit baffling Um, This was not my line of the week But I just I I, I did have a note because I just thought it was so great Darrell Saying Y'all motherfuckers are about to
1: learn Yeah Is like the reason I watch this show You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah (laughs) Well, And and he set it up beautifully too By being like, you thought you could say my name And not suffer the repercussions Yeah (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and that was great. They, and learn those motherfuckers did. <laughs> they did. They did. And you know what? She's very silly and totally erratic and untrustworthy, but credit where it's due, Kellyanne flipped the house on its head. Yeah. I mean, even the other even the people getting voted in were kind of like, like
0: respect. You know yeah. what I
1: mean? Yeah. So. Like you just don't expect her to have her wits about her her long enough. To pull a move like that successfully Right Um, She's
0: not very convincing In a In a I'm gonna enroll
1: you in my idea
0: Kind of way You know what I mean
1: But I also gotta say Um I can't believe Tori made the mistake Of thinking I can just talk to Kellyanne And and work this out
0: Yeah It's like she hadn't been watching this season
1: Right You can't You can't figure anything out When you talk to Kellyanne (laughs) It's not going to <laughs> I'm gonna help go over, you. I'm going to go over there and just use some logic, and I'm sure that'll yeah. Uh, I'll yeah. just I'll just approach Kellyanne with basic challenge logic. Everything should go great. No, no. There's no reason to believe that. Uh, so it was kind of Tori's fault because she really had a confidence about it. Like they're talking about the plan, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I uh, I know Kellyanne. I'll just talk to her. No worries." And I was like, "Really? That, you think that's how it's going to go?" And that is not how it went. Yeah, uh,
0: I know he's gone, but like the idea that Ben Ha could be in this game and not be good at math is yes. yeah. Like <laughs> you got to be good at something, man. <laughs> you know, if you want to, if you want to stay. What uh, is it
1: exactly you that you it's do gonna here? Be the,
0: the non-athletic things. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> he seems lovely and, and he's definitely a good looking uh Argentinian gentleman, but yeah, not sure what his skills are. I have a
0: feeling and I we you know, I haven't bothered to watch it, but I have a feeling the, uh, the Argentinian season was not that hard. That's, that's all I can come up with.
1: <laughs> I mean it is available now. I, I don't know that I can watch a whole season of the challenge in in Spanish, but I might try. Yeah. See how it goes. Uh, by the way, this is something that's been bothering me all year. Um, they keep, you know, they do the little uh, breakdowns underneath each challenge and elimination of like, this one is 30 percent strategy and 25 percent uh, endurance and and 15 percent speed, da da da. They called this elimination with the picture barrels 50 percent math. I didn't notice that Did' not notice that. Where was the math? That's what I'm saying. There was zero percent math, so like I, t- I you know I actually kind of think it's a cool idea, but make it make sense. Yeah, have it be accurate. Yeah, maybe they they just messed up the cards
0: from the, from the maybe. first one.
1: Yeah, maybe because the first the daily challenge was fifty percent math. I would the, the say the daily <laughs> was like seventy five percent math, um, yeah. and some memorization. But yeah, it was weird. And uh, uh, like, uh, there's some things. Like, that thing, it's not necessary. I I do think it's kind of cool, but not if you screw it up, right? Or, like, the fact that this is a very little thing that only someone who has watched 30 seasons of the challenge would even notice. But on a normal challenge, you get the, like, goofy last week on the challenge intros from the contestants. Yeah. And this season, it's just TJ telling you what happened. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know, I liked the other one. Um, Obviously with some
0: random producer choice, you know
1: right, and I just it uh, there there have been so many things with this world championship season th- where there have been little tweaks made as if to like disambiguate the world championship from the flagship, and I don't get it because the flagship works right and it's not just that you and i love it it's that it's been honed over literally 38 seasons of practice into a pretty well-oiled machine and w- like with a lot of appealing aspects to it and like tinkering with them as you are attempting to appeal to a broader audience feels very for lack of a better term and i can say this since i'm not like full-time employed by any radio station right now it feels very radio program director no offense <laughs> We're like, oh man, the ratings weren't as good as I wanted them to be this quarter I'm going to change something where I have no idea what the effect will be But at least I can say I did something
0: <laughs> wow. wow, Maybe it's
1: just sports radio program directors I'm going to have to come
0: up with something uh, next week that just feels very Matt Kolsky <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be like, it's not, you know, nothing personal, and I'm not trying to single you out. But that did, I much.
1: understand why that felt personal, but I think you know what I'm talking about, and it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't actually think you were talking about me, but yeah, when you say radio program directory,
0: that's gonna hit a little close to home. You Sorry. know
1: what it is? Uh, <laughs> that's just I've those have been my bosses. I really just mean you know what it's like is like some bosses I've had in the past that I don't think were very good at their jobs. Um, <laughs> okay, fair enough but, but again, like uh, it's just weird, it's tink it feels like tinkering for the sake of tinkering, or like it feels like pressing buttons on a panel someone was like, something has to be done, and you're just pressing buttons at random, you know
0: mm. Mm. yeah, and sometimes you do need to show somebody you're working, you know right uh, that does happen
1: exactly, yeah. and I and. That, you know, I'm that, that's not even always the person's fault who has to show somebody. It it might be the person who needs to be showed that's that's being stupid, but it's always stupid.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> I, I just want everyone who's listening to understand that like truly I, I've never worked for Derek Madden and I, I'm sure he never does the things that I'm thinking of.
0: That's right. It's a delightful experience to work for me, I swear. Yeah. Uh percent <laughs> I I think next week is going to be interesting, right? Because it seems like we have an illness that's running through the group and, and possibly as well Amber's pregnancy coming to light I can't totally tell on that Just That maybe is certainly
1: thinking. the implication of the preview And I've got to say, like, in a... I, I know people want us to say post-pandemic But really, mid-pandemic world Like, the old... I feel like shit, but I'm not going to tell anybody Is, a, is, is not... A, a super defensible move. Right? I look I understand where he's coming from.
0: I do. I understand where he's coming from.
1: Yeah, but like you're living in a house with these people and there's a friggin' pandemic and what like you you just can't do it. I, I know you th- want to th- do it, but you I can't th- do th- that.
0: you tell producers, which I'm assuming he did because he's talking about it on television, um, or you don't uh you, not the contestants.
1: Right. Well, but that ITM that where he's talking about not telling anyone was shot months later. So no, I don't think he did tell producers at that time. I think he <laughs> waited till he, he till as we see in the scenes from next week, he literally couldn't get out of bed. That's yeah. when he started talking about it on camera. And by then, you've probably got half I the house be, sick, you
0: dickhead. Particularly if you were if you were the person that's already been voted in like four times.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. That, but but still. <laughs> I get it I like again, I get the thought process, but like the also, end of the thought process is, this is you're in a closed environment
0: as well, right like so yes, um, but, but you're in a there's, closed there's environment something like a bubble
1: with with ostensibly innocent humans that you're infecting yeah. <laughs> I don't know it felt and maybe it's really more of a reflection on me in a post pandemic world, but that felt particularly unacceptable to me. All right, <laughs> uh, you ready to move on to Top Chef? Yes. Uh, least suspenseful quick fire ever in this week's le- Top Chef. Least suspenseful quick fire and elimination, actually.
0: Yeah, really. In in yeah, kind of. Um, I mean, it
1: seemed like a very easy judgment. At le- uh, maybe not the final judgment, picking between uh, Tom and um Sylvia. But, like, those two being the worst two And the yellow team being the worst team Seemed incredibly obvious Yeah, it was like It
0: seemed like one of those where they were just gonna, like Have three people, like, they do that oftentimes, And then just have one person be like Okay, you can step to the side real quick Yeah, basically
1: (laughs) Um, And, yeah, the quick fire, like I don't know about you, but the moment begonia started describing all of the stuff she was planning to do in an hour for a tea tower, I was like, You're in trouble, lady. Yeah. She yeah. just put way too much on her own plate. And and look, Dale did a good job, but it wasn't so good that she couldn't have beat him if she did something straightforward that she had time She's for. Like yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. I did there were two things in the quick fire that I thought were delightful. Um the first and I'm not her biggest fan But when Sarah Was like judging Oh yeah no absolutely I'll judge the shit out of anybody right now <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like yeah that's fun And it seems oh, like yeah. you um, yeah. And then uh, the, Dale
0: uh, How about her, how about her uh, Making love on a quilt monologue
1: Yeah that was a little much <laughs> Um Dale 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 won in so many ways in this episode, but uh, no, never more than winning a hug from Padma as he was tearing up.
0: I was wondering, I I actually wrote that down. I'm like, how many contestants waited an entire season for a hug from Padma that never came? Exactly.
1: And, And he just, he- all he had to do was get overcome by emotion for returning to the game, and and he also was just he was incredible in that moment, right? He's like I, I like I, I don't want to get emotional, but like I've just really, I know I didn't win shit, but I'm just really glad to be here. And then Padma gives him the hug, and then I don't know if you noticed, but then she's like, in addition to a hug from me, you yeah. have one immunity. <laughs>
0: Um, I you know I've, been, I've I've said this before. I'm a Dale fan. I think I, like I think Dale uh, knows what he's doing, and I think he's gonna be a real threat.
1: And it was company. a pretty awesome moment when they like showed old Dale, and he was like, "If I could talk to twenty year old Dale, I'd just tell him to calm the hell down." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, wouldn't we all? Yeah,
0: I also dropped in there like, oh,
1: I qualified for the world triathlon this summer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I, maybe he'll see Jordan there um, um, <laughs> Yeah, maybe <laughs> One other thing from that quick fire Did you notice, like, when they had finished eating And they had Begonia and Dale standing in front of them And they were, like, sort of showing the different people sitting at the tables Did you notice Tom was just, like, playing with a big old chef's knife No It's almost worth going back I rewound in the moment Because I was like Is he just like twirling a knife on the table No one else has any of their knives out And Tom is just like He's got the point of the knife On the plate He said don't bring your knives right Yeah He's like spinning this big old And not like a butter knife Like a big chef's knife Mm. He's just playing with it And I was like what is (laughs) going on here Um, Also the The if we if we had a line Of the week for Top Chef um, This week I would give it To Nicole Who Gave us a line that I feel like Most people at some point in their life Have said and most people on this show Probably said off camera at some point During this episode And it was Downton Abbey? My mom loves that show <laughs> Yep Shout out to my mom
0: Who does love Downton Abbey
1: Shout out everyone's mom Who loves <laughs> Downton Abbey
0: <laughs> Including uh, um, uh, Who was this mom that was like You have to go see uh, It was Sarah's mom that was like You have yes. to
1: go see Downton Abbey Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly
0: yeah. Uh, I thought it was great Even though it was entirely unsuccessful That Sylvia decided to make something Between a Borek and a sausage roll
1: Amazing And I'm like Yep, that's that's our potato girl right there. <laughs> also, her face when Padma showed up at her door was incredible. Yeah. Like, it was a mix of like, oh my god, look at this incredible woman standing in front of me. And also like, but why are you here? <laughs> it was like confusion and awe and amazement and and fear all mixed into one face.
0: I, I have a feeling we're pretty much done with Sylvia. As, as she pointed out herself, it's a it's a tough road when you when you're the first one in on a last chance kitchen.
1: And um, by the way, I love her, love my Polish brethren. Um I don't see a lot of people who could get eliminated next that would give her a good matchup, you know. No, no.
0: It's all tough from here. Um yeah, she has doing a lot of tough ones to get back in. Yeah, but you're her going presents, mano her a
1: mano presents. with a like a, a list of incredible chefs, basically. Yeah, her presence will be missed,
0: though. So agreed. We uh, pour, pour, pour one out for uh, Sylvia. I want to know a little Some bit potato, more vodka, probably about Buddha's molds. Like, yeah, apparently, he's got a, a lot of them. Can you bring chefs are just allowed to bring their own gadgets? And is there like an unlimited amount of gadgets that they can
1: bring? Yeah, They're you not know, molds in the top chef kitchen, right? Like where does where do they come from? I think in general, I would love like a behind the scenes episode about like the rules, the rules that we don't really get to see. Yeah. Because like people bring spices. You know, like remember Nick's 26? And, yeah.
0: Right.
1: And like. I thought they. Didn't they? I
0: thought for some reason that season they specifically said you could bring one ingredient.
1: Okay, maybe that. But yeah, but maybe they do that every season. Or maybe they say, like, you know, you can bring a certain number of uh, utensils or pieces of equipment or something. I don't know. But obviously they're allowed to bring certain things in certain circumstances and like. I feel like it would be interesting to see, because I'm sure there are things that people bring that don't get used prominently. I don't know. That could be cool. Yeah. Um, Other than that, you know, I mean, I I had some stuff
0: about Tom spending too much money and and whatever. Um, But I think all of that pretty much played out there on the screen, right? So it did. um,
1: I also had that. Someone probably, like, in the end, I don't think that's Tom's fault. You know like somebody on your team Has to be bold enough to be like Tom that's enough dog Yeah Stop but it he, you gotta stop he it He knew
0: he made a risky dish <laughs> You know what I mean yeah. and, and he knew he spent a lot of money And I'm like man you were really putting yourself in a position that if your team was the people are going to want to murder you And Yeah but he knew that
1: You know kind of what ended up yeah. yeah and to his credit Like he seemed comfortable with that heat So <laughs> you know <laughs> Um, I, I, I will say like the, the thing for the, for me with the elimination was I was with Tom. In fact, in my notes, I wrote here, salmon nicoise is just dumb, Nicole. It just seemed like a terrible idea to me. I was like, why would you do that? You can get a beautiful piece of tuna and just make a good nicoise and not like try to trick everybody. And as it turned out, incredible decision, incredible salad, you're the winner.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, I had enough faith in her that I knew that if she'd made it before, that she knew that it would could work. You know what I mean? Oh, I didn't gather
1: that she gonna... had made it before. Yeah. I thought she I thought... was kind of just like, I just decided to use salmon this time. <laughs> no, I think she I, – I, I got the impression at least that she had done it
0: before. I, th- I thought yeah. I remember saying that, but maybe okay. I'm wrong. She was very confident in the salad at she the was. very least. She was. Yeah. So, and, and in general, I mean, he just words on that. He also, by the way, and I'm now I forgot which one it is. He just flat out said, It's not a good dish. Yeah. Which I feel like you don't hear Tom say very often on this show. It
1: was Sylvia, I like, think, actually. Yeah. Like when you hear that, it's just not a good dish. I was like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely, it was either Sylvia or Tom. Um, and I think it was Sylvia. Uh, but it sounded like Tom's was very nearly as bad. Um, Sylvia, it seemed like, just did too much, and Tom did too much, but ultimately provided too little. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, I uh, I presume you watched Last Kid Chance Kitchen. I did. You know, yeah. I re- it, which really it, was Tom, an extension really, of the episode. That Tom, yeah, that Tom doubled down on the Chipino, uh was was
1: pretty ballsy. You know well, what I mean? but he kind of didn't. He kind of bailed, right? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, he he was like, "I'm going to do Chipino, you suckers," and then he was like, eh, "Maybe I'll throw some filet in here." And uh. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but I, you know, it was a bold. It, he did start bold. He began yeah. bold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm glad he's back because I do think he has potential to win this.
1: Um, I agree. And, I like that bad day. I mean, look, like I said. I'm not sure – as much as I love Sylvia, I think they eliminated the least excellent chef. Uh, that's probably
0: true, although there is one chef who has now been in the bottom three times. You know who that is? Is it Gabry? It is Gabry, yeah. Um, now he's been near the top twice, so he definitely is a, a pretty up-and-down chef as he right, goes. Right. <laughs> but- um
1: well that's what I'm saying. I'm not I, sure I worry Sylvia about Gabriel a bit. I worry about Gabriel a little bit. Yeah, well he's a little like frantic and, and uh panicky. But like you you know, like you pointed out, he's also has had some of the most praised dishes of the season. Um and his flavors in particular with the mole's people have really responded to. I don't know that Sylvia has reached those highs.
0: No, no, she hasn't. Didn't have a ton of lows, but didn't really reach those highs. Yeah, right. So it's going to be an interesting rest of the season. No doubt, man. This is anybody could go home in any of these episodes. There's nobody who could go who would go home that would shock me. So
1: no, and nobody who could win, uh, you know, have the, the best dish of any given challenge that would shock you either. It really is a pretty incredible season.
0: Yep. Um, kudos, kudos, top chef. Uh, all right, should we uh, get into homework? Oh, we or do you want to talk about uh, basketball at all before we we get going
1: tonight? Um, I would just like to say that uh, I would just like to give some additional well earned flowers to Dr. DeRozan. <laughs> uh, I legitimately think. She is, I'm not kidding, I know this sounds ridiculous But I legitimately believe she is as much a reason the Bulls won that game as her father
0: I uh, think that's true For those of you who don't understand that we're talking about DeMar DeRozan is DeMar DeRozan's daughter Who DeMar led out of school to come watch a game
1: Yes And, and she engaged in the most aggressive and impressive shrieking campaign during the Toronto Raptors free throws, and they shot 18 for 36. They gave away 18 points while she shrieked in their faces from right under their basket. And, and it was well, not just right under. I saw one where they were shooting on the other side. Yes, and she did it. But, but like, like, if you've ever done anything that requires focus, someone shrieking like a banshee right as you're in the middle of executing is undeniably disruptive. It was a blood-curdling howl. And
0: my my only thing about this, because I did enjoy the story, you know, on all of that, and, you know, obviously it wouldn't have gone viral if it wasn't like adorable, you know, that this is happening. Oh, she's totally adorable in general as well. At the same time, our. I do not want to be encouraging people unleashing screams of this nature in future games, and it seems like we're almost certainly going to get that at some point. Although Damar has said uh, she can't come to the uh, Friday game.
1: Yeah, so, and I, oh. I, 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 I cannot understand that. <laughs> she's got school, man. She already missed one day. She she looks like she's <laughs> nine or ten years old. School doesn't matter. <laughs> The, the the fucking playoffs matter, Damar. I like I, I'm legitimately upset about that. But whatever, I'm gonna get over it. I have very, uh, I had very low expectations. I did not expect them to win that game. So um, it's all gravy for the Bulls at this point. That being said, like, are you trying to win or not? You know. Yeah. Well, she was trying to
0: win, and it worked. Yeah. Uh, She rose to the occasion By this uh, Wolves-Thunder playing game tonight Um,
1: Because Lord knows what to expect From from the Minnesota Timberwolves That's right I think we know (laughs) what to expect We know what to expect from the Thunder Um, And I think the best version of the Timberwolves Can beat that Thunder team Um, But I don't know I'm not. It's hard to know what the best version of the Timberwolves looks like, and and certainly, you know, they they remain woefully short of some pretty important players.
0: Yeah, some of that being their own fault. Um, the Colbert will be back, right? Yeah. And I know a lot of people. Is he for sure playing? Now. Yes, he's playing tonight.
1: Because I, I uh, it was
0: one mention.
1: Oh, I know that, but then he said he didn't think he could have played anyway Because of, like, back spasms or something Oh well, I I thought he was playing tonight I thought I read that he was playing He but is I, available tonight um, But, like, I don't know how we feel about his health Wow um, Here, let's see as, Sports know, Illustrated all,
0: Kind of uh, delineating the logic of this trade, right? Or, you know, kind of going back in time now because everyone has been kicking it for nine months. But at the time, the Wolves decided that they wanted to do this because of the playoff series against Memphis where they blew 10-point leads in. I think they they had 10-point leads in six of the seven games and lost the series.
1: Um, I hate to bring up our uh, unfortunate moment earlier in this episode again, but that is also what the Rudy Gobert trade reeked of to me is – Change for the sake, reactive change for the sake of change, <laughs> with no logic whatsoever, because yeah. it is not reasonable to suggest that this is hindsight. W- w- people saying the trade was uh, irredeemably terrible—that was happening the day it happened.
0: For sure, I the trade didn't was get- trash
1: from but the moment saying, they met it.
0: And and believe me, I'm not trying to justify this trade because I also think it, they gave up way, way, way you know, getting bear. I'm not even sure that's a good idea, but get paying what you pay to get Gobert is, you know, obviously it's insanity. Okay. Um. But uh, the thinking was, hey, we need somebody who can shore up our interior defense and we can go get the best interior defender in the league. Um.
1: Well, I mean, again, that is, that is the case of apparently a general manager and certainly an ownership group being fooled by Defensive Player of the Year awards that were never – Appropriate like Uh, he has never Been the best interior defender in the League and he has never Never been a useful Piece in the playoffs never He's been played off the floor In almost every playoff series He's been a part of the idea that We need playoff help let's get Rudy Gobert is idiotic On its face even before (laughs) You give up more for Rudy Gobert Than it would have taken to get Kevin Durant
0: Right that I mean That's the part of it and that they the guy that they drafted and then threw into that trade would have j- accomplished all the same stuff <laughs> better. He's a better player. <laughs> right, right. Walker right. Kessler. Today, you would not trade Walker Kessler straight up for Rudy Gobert today. No. Given, given the difference in salary and age, right? Ex- salary, it,
1: age, demeanor and ability. Yeah, it's uh yeah. It was Rudy Gobert I mean, look, doesn't play offense. And he can't <laughs> play defense in the playoffs. What were they doing? And by the way, everyone hates him. Overstated, by the way, because
0: I think I think that what they were asking Rudy Gobert to do in the playoffs in Utah defensively uh, was not something that could be accomplished by any of the humans, which was essentially recover for the, short, the massive shortcomings defensively of their backcourt and protect the post at the same time. So... Uh, but so he, was, he Could not be a good playoff defender But yes They they
1: had some problems in the playoffs And he, he is limited
0: as, as he was in the regular season right. in Utah I think that's absolutely true
1: That's true, and, true. And, and I would argue that if you watched it And you had a, any sense of the game of basketball You would have concluded that he is No matter where he goes No matter what the ask is He is going to be less effective in the postseason Than in the regular season And by the way he never gets older. Yes, he's old. He never played offense, and nobody likes him. <laughs> That—that's the part I really think they miss at the end of the day, right? How?
0: That, yeah, I don't, yeah. He I don't he know. gave
1: he gave reporters COVID by aggressively <laughs> touching their tape recorders when he was sick, and Donovan Mitchell was ready to go to Cleveland just to get away from him. <laughs> <laughs> but like, how I did you miss topics. that?
0: Um, so I don't know. Well, whatever. Um, it's we'll tough. It's a really tough
1: by team, by the way. Um, I, I, Minnesota. Oh man, Giddy is something, and Shea Gilgis Alexander is a legitimate star. You yeah. know, I, this team—it's <laughs> taken them long enough, and and there's still a lot of road to travel. But you can certainly see what the Thunder are putting together, and it looks like it has a chance to be formidable in the next few years.
0: They have multiple first-round picks, and sometimes as many as four, for the next five years. They have so many first-round picks that there's no way that they're going to be able to pick all of those players and then roster them. So, um, it's fascinating to see what they do and how they'll package those to, to maybe make something even greater than the assets that they have now, on top of a, an incredible core
1: that they're going to get to add Chet Holmgren to who looked amazing in Summer League and yep. you know yep. what I mean So yep. uh, And and ki- and, yeah. and represent some of the size That they're missing right now but Going into tonight And this is going to probably be played By the time 90% of our 10 listeners Listen to this but um, This is a bad matchup for Oklahoma City because They've got some guys that can Bother the perimeter Players of the Thunder And they got some guys who are A solid 5 inches taller Than anybody on the Thunder So it's going to be interesting I mean I I think the the Thunder's tallest Player is probably Dario Saric who is Pretty worthless Uh, Jalen Williams the uh, Is it Arkansas version Is is tough But I think he's like 6'8 You know and Cat should really be able to go to work yeah, if they get on the ball, uh, you know, if you
0: the, that was also one of the things that really seemed to not happen in the fourth quarter of that, uh, um, Laker game, despite yeah. the fact that he had Reeves on him half the time.
1: Well, so. I will say this about the cat part: like, cat getting himself in foul trouble and sort of going away in the fourth quarter was not super surprising. Anthony Edwards being nowhere to be found all night was shocking. So I would expect. An aggressive approach from Anthony Edwards Tonight, and that should serve Minnesota well, but I do think it's going to be a good game
0: Yep um, I'm looking forward to watching it And looking forward to the rest of these playoffs We're going to get some plump first round matchups And I think we're headed in a direction where All of the second round
1: matchups could be awesome So um, I almost think it's guaranteed Yeah uh, so It's hard to imagine how Look, in the West, I don't think there is a single super high confidence series to bet. I mean even I get that the closest is going to be Denver against whoever wins the play in, but like you can't be you can't be supremely confident about the Lakers about about the Grizzlies beating the Lakers at this point. You can't be supremely confident about the Kings beating the Warriors Or the other way around if Because the Warriors are actually the favorites You can't I possibly
0: I, I can be pretty confident, I think, about the Suns beating the
1: Clippers I mean, I, I hear you But at the same time Kawhi Leonard is the one guy Who I think can change that dynamic And even if the, Paul George
0: doesn't play, which is a real possibility.
1: Yes, and maybe more to the point, the Suns really have just have not played together. So not only have they not faced adversity, and look, the, I'm picking the Suns. I think they will win. I'm probably picking them to win the conference, but we have to acknowledge we've never seen it. Well, and they're and you're dealing with a,
0: a guys and the sons, and we've seen it from Durant. We haven't seen it necessarily together, but Durant but has. Time, and, and I'll grant you, they haven't played a murderer's row of teams, and some teams late in the year have different motivations. But they also haven't lost with Durant on the floor. So, but he uh, hurt himself in warmups three weeks ago, and Chris Paul is 75 years old. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, look, I'm not saying there might not be bumps in the road, but I don't think they're bumps in the first round. That's that's just me. I, I'm extremely confident the Suns win that
1: series. To the end. I don't know, and I think is a...
0: the Clippers considered trying to take out of it. So... Kawhi's
1: a pretty big bump, is all I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah like, we'll see. I, 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 to be honest, the only, the only seeding play, play upset, back that <laughs> I, okay, the the only seeding upset that I think I'll pick when it comes down to it is the Warriors. Um mm-hmm because I think everything else will actually go according to seed. I'm I'm just saying uh, in a normal playoffs, it's like the east this year, where like the only series we expect to be really competitive is the 4-5. And in this year's western conference, it really feels like you could have four competitive first round series, which would be yeah. pretty remarkable.
0: Wouldn't shock me at all if 7B2 um which you do, you don't see very often, so No.
1: And and again, the 6 is the favorite. So, it's a, it's a it's a crazy year and and I think it's going to be one of the more entertaining sort of 40 game runs of playoffs that we've seen.
0: I think people are sleeping on D- on Denver a little bit.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I, but again, it's I think that's a fair thing to say. I also think it's fair to sleep on them a little bit because they haven't necessarily done the things that are required to be a team that is like Looked at as obviously Formidable you know they just Have not had the playoff success they have not Had the health they've not had the The consistency Even during the season like there was Too much how you define playoff Success they've gone further in playoffs than the Sixers
0: have you know what I mean so um, You know so I Don't like yeah they have have they have they won The West no Um, but They've also been playing the same conference as Golden State you know what I mean so um, well, yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you know, so we'll that, see. That's fair. And you know, <laughs> the Sixers have been playing the Bucks and Celtics. Like everybody, it, it's tough when you get into the conference finals. So, um, I have another basketball question for you, but I think I'm going to save it for off air because
0: we probably we probably should go. Uh, okay, like let's weeks. do homework. Half, half hour on this one. So, <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's do homework. Um, we are going to the uh, Barry is coming back. Uh, to HBO, very excited about that for the final season. So we're going to jump in, talk about that. Uh, Transatlantic
1: on Netflix. Um, you want to give the spiel for this one? Uh, it's about helping people escape World War II in Europe, and it's uh, getting very good reviews. And we have a strong affinity for several members of the cast.
0: Is there a list that they yeah. have that they they keep?
1: In... Um, no, I do not believe so. Not either. that one. Okay, it's not the one with the list. Okay. <laughs> um, I think it, it's uh, it's it's ba- it's coming. From, it's like they are leaving France, not not Germany or Poland.
0: Fair enough. Um, and
1: then um, we are going to watch uh,
0: because it is now available uh, without you having to go to a theater. We're going to watch Cocaine Bear, um, yeah, and that's that's on Peacock. And I think is that as self explanatory as it comes.
1: So <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like a it's like a Jack and Coke. You know, the ingredients are in the title. cocaine bears the jack and Coco movies well well done well
0: done thank you i'll be here all week (laughs) all
1: right i'll talk to you again on friday all right bye this game's in the admiral refrigerator the door is closed the lights out butter's getting hard the eggs are cooling and the jello is jiggling so long
0: everybody and do me a favor have yourself a tremendous evening